Excuse me. Can I quit this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I told Eddie Murphy to stay in college so he'd have something to fall back on. <laughs> I did great advice. <laughs> Jackie, how about the lighter side of history? The lighter I'm side... I'm not done laughing at my joke! Okay. I know a lot of things and I share them on the podcast and you don't care. What are we talking about? We're I can't get a word in edgewise <laughs> on this show. I mean, it's... Here's how we sell it. Okay. All right, welcome to Stand Up Memories. Who I are you? <laughs> welcome to Stand Up Memories. I am Peter Bales. Okay, just making sure. And I'm Jackie Martling. I just want to make sure that we got our names in in the beginning, in case something happens to you along the way. That's right. Now, I have a story I want to tell you, and I'm not even sure why, but this is a great, ridiculous, you know, we all live for compliments. We all live to be loved by the audience and the whole thing like that. And we played in, the ba in a band in the 70s called the Off Hour Rockers. And the owner thought I was going to kill myself over a girl, so he backed us doing a, a song. And we did a couple of songs on a record. But like a year or two before that, somebody had approached us that they could get a record made out of a tape just a couple records, not have them made up. So we took a couple songs and actually had, I think we had three or four of these records that go into a jukebox, like 45 RPM rec regular records, but they were just cut, you know, on a lathe or whatever. And oh, I, I don't remember the name of the song. Uh, L.A., ah, I forget. But it was a song that my partner Bates wrote, and it was on the jukebox at Neptune Pub. But of course, we played it every night because it was one of our songs. <laughs> we were on a break one night, and the song came on the jukebox, and we were at the bar. Some girl, drunken girl, turns to us and says, <clears throat> You know, you guys play this song a lot better than the jerks on the record. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is which so is, great. Which is just so classic. Just the so word classic. record is so great. And the fact that they literally originally were made out of wax, stacks of wax, like the DJs used to say. And so there was probably only just a couple of those made, and they put one of them in a jukebox. Oh, yeah. You know, and people then... People don't uh, remember. People don't remember those days. Do you remember? The, there, were, there were booths. Yes, like in you Coney could go Island in. and pay 75 cents and get a record. Get a record made and send it to somebody. <laughs> oh, and it was very special. It was, it so was a big deal. It was, it was, it was, a, it was the, the audio version of a photo booth. Right. You know, right. Which right, is just, right, just right, so right. cherry. Oh, I love it. I love it. When Robert Klein uh, started out in comedy in the 60s, you know, comedians taped themselves in the comedy clubs, but he took a reel-to-reel woolen sack, I remember the brand, and, and would set it in the back of the improv. I mean, this gigantic, heavy thing. Now everybody just, of course, uses their phones. There were huge pieces of equipment. Huge. Reel-to-reel, and then you had micro, regular cassettes, then micro cassettes, and then digital. Now we have our phones. When, <clears throat> when my band was playing at this club called My Father's Place, we had a huge reel-to-reel -reel recorder, but you had to run it at uh, 
I guess it was 15 inches per second because at seven and a half inches per second, the quality wasn't as good as you needed it. Yeah. And the, it was already bad sound. And so we had this, this tape recorder in the back of the room, but it only lasted, like I, I guess it was a half an hour going at 15 inches per second. And our show was like an hour. And I'll never forget this, my brother who has long left us, I said, Jimmy, at about half an hour into our show, would you go back <laughs> and, and switch the tapes? Oh, I know. And this. he said, Jackie, you're talking to a guy who <laughs> can work at a DNA lab and help uh, change the course of history and then leave without his pants on. You know, he says, I, I gotta be honest with you, I would never remember to do that. And I had to get something. My own brother told me, listen, I'll tell you, rather than tell you later, I forgot, you know. Well, you know, he's, he's referring to Albert Einstein. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Alexander Graham, no, no, it's not Alexander. Albert Einstein, not knowing what stop to get off at or leaving without his pants on. Right, actually the guy I'm looking for is Thomas Edison. Yeah, right, 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 Thomas right. Thomas Edison had his workshop <coughs> in Menlo, New Jersey, and he did show up at the workshop one day without his pants. <laughs> and that's because He's figuring out how to make an electric light, and there's a lot on his mind, and which filament's gonna work. And who and needs details like pants? Well, that's right, and that's where the term absent-minded professor comes from. I myself have no excuse when I show up with no pants. <laughs> well, I, I don't either, because I do it on purpose. <laughs> Did we talk about Albert Einstein's sense of humor already? No, we didn't. I'm, sh I'm sure I told this story, but if I didn't, maybe because I kept saying to myself, hold it, hold it, hold it. I was at a film festival, and an older guy came up to me, he's probably my age, like he's 65 or so, came up and said, Jackie, I gotta tell you this story. My grandfather was my music teacher, he, I guess he played the violin, he said, my music teacher's grandfather was one of the great cantors from, from New York at, at the turn of the century. And I guess cantors were <clears throat> famous, like Enrico Caruso was a singer, and this cantor was Yosel Rosenblatt, I'm pretty sure, because I know I looked it up a few times, and there was certain glitter eye at the turn, you know, Babe Ruth, but you know, one from column A, column B. And he said, and my music teacher's grandfather was best friends with Albert Einstein. And Albert Einstein was a huge fan of filthy jokes. And I said, you're kidding. He said, no, he said, he said this always stayed with me. Because later on, I don't know if you saw on, on cable TV, they had a show called Genius. And the first one was a, like a two hour show about Albert Einstein. You know, he married his cousin, and he was not a sex maniac, but mm -hmm. you, know, you, don't, you think of him solving the world's problems, you don't think of him with his pants down chasing women, but, you know, he's a guy. <clears throat> but Albert Einstein loved dirty jokes, and his favorite dirty joke was, my dick isn't that big, but I love every foot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Einstein? That's Albert Einstein's favorite joke. Now he's made the guy swear up and down, and, and I've never been able to, to, to document that. Uh, oh. But I know there was a Yosel Rosenblatt. Oh, I'm sure he has great. A, a great grand, a grandson who was a music teacher. You know. Oh, I got one here. I had a friend who was a page in the Senate. 
you know, and they wear their little coats and ties and the senator goes like this and you go running over to the senator's desk and get me a glass of water or go get me this <coughs> paper or give this message to somebody. Senate pages. And Ted Kennedy, a great progressive senator from the Kennedy family, personally flawed, not destined to be president. Not a great driver. Not a <laughs> not, that's another story, not a great driver, but I think a great senator, genuinely and personally flawed. But in any event, he signals for a page, and my friend is up next, he's a kid. He runs over, yes sir. And Ted Kennedy looks at him and goes, go to room 309 and pick up the r latest releases and bring them back to me. Okay, yes sir. So he, he runs off, goes upstairs, and he goes to room 309, and it's the men's room. 309, the men's room. He sent me to the men's room to get the latest releases. So he goes back down to the Senate floor and he looks over at Senator Kennedy and Senator Kennedy's like Oh, that is just spectacular. This is, uh, that's his sense of humor. The latest releases in the men's room. Oh, that is oh, I, this is I, this is a guy. I love crap. You know, life and death I love crap like that. I oh. mean to make you know, uh, uh, you, you knew I knew Jeffrey Epstein, right? I, I yes. You, you knew I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a. Let's remind everybody who Jeff, well, who Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein, Epstein was. Yeah. A, was a guy who um, committed suicide in prison, but I know he was killed because he had the goods on everybody because he loaded his plane with uh, a Trump and Prince Edward or Prince whichever prince, and, yeah, and prince Clinton and all these people, and he had an island. You know, he, he was a really, really wealthy guy that had sex with a lot of underage girls and got caught, and had, but he had the goods on everybody. But he loved comedians. And Bobby Slayton, I'm not gonna tell the whole story, but Bobby Slayton told me about, hey, there's this rich guy that has us all over, and we have fun. It's a me and Louis Black and and you know and uh, David Brenner and blah blah. I said you got to get me invited to one of these dinners, and he got me invited. And we went to the dinner, and it was Woody Allen and me and Bobby Slayton and Nick DePaul, all these fantastic comedians. And I knew that that he had screwed up and had gotten trouble in trouble in Florida, but I didn't know the extent of it and. You know, who's going to look a gift horse in the mouth? I'm going for, you know, at the time, my life, Jay Thomas was there. But he loved comedians and he loved jokes. So he asked me to come back a couple weeks later. And I went over and sat with him and we had dinner one-on-one. -on -one, and I told him a few jokes and we laughed and we talked about life and everything, you know, not knowing what a horrible dirt rag he was. But he said to me, tomorrow night I'm going to Harvard University because Noam Chomsky is giving a lecture. And I'm invited because I give millions of dollars to Harvard, I give millions of dollars to Noam Chomsky, and he's gonna do his lecture, and afterwards we're gonna go into the green room and sit there, and for a couple hours, we're gonna tell dirty jokes. And I was like, Hold, that fits right in with the Albert Einstein. And, you know, wow. love him or hate him, and he was despicable, but Jeffrey Epstein was brilliant, and Noam Chomsky was brilliant. And jokes are little problems. They're little, they give you this, they give you this, and then you come up with this. It's like, like the old uh, 
you know, uh, not geometry, yeah, maybe geometry, whatever it is, you know, given and find, this much information, this information, and, you know, this given, given, and what is the answer, you know, and it's little problems that you figure out. I love you that. Know. It's, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but if you think about it, that's what it is, yeah. you know. And to this day, you maintain that you were never introduced to an underway, underage girl. No, 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 I introduced <laughs> myself. <laughs> I mean, uh, you Do want to know how old I am? We'll get to that later. You didn't know the extent of what he had. No, I knew, Slayton knew that he had gotten in trouble in Florida uh, for getting massages from underage girls or something. But I, I, I you know, wasn't like how, how bad, you know, the, we're in the rock, rock and roll business and, the sh and show business and, you know, people chasing each other around his desk. It, it, it would never dawn on me to say, wait, before we go have din dinner with this guy, Who is to this what guy? extent, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I was as shocked as anyone, you know. The, the only indication I had is I have a great photo of me and Nick DiPaolo and Jay Thomas and Bobby Slayton and Woody Allen standing together. But Jeffrey Epstein isn't in the picture because he took it. Oh, all right. Because we were in his house. He, he didn't want to be in pictures. And then <laughs> you find out what, you know. I wish I had something to add here, but I'm not really close friends with any pedophiles <laughs> that I know of. Uh, yes, yes, you probably and are. And you mentioned Woody Allen, and that's, a, that's another uh, thing. Whatever he's guilty of, and I'm not sure we'll ever know for sure. Uh, that's you, here. That's here. His body of work is here. Is amazing. It will always be amazing. Right. You can't take that away. His body of work stands, but you must, I guess, separate it somehow from his own personal behavior, which the recent HBO documentary was pretty tough to but, watch. But, like any, you know, this is beyond the scope of this stupid show we're trying to do. But you know, it's it's who tells the story, and you know. We've all heard stories of stuff that happened to comedians or happened to actors, or <clears throat> and then you find, you know, somewhere between this version and that version is the truth, and who knows? Right, you know. exactly right. I mean, we're, <laughs> and we're, it also means it could be ten times worse than you could ever. Could be knew, worse, you know. Be, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I look at Woody Allen when he used to do stand-up. His story about upstate New York hunting a moose, and he was so brilliant. He used to say, "If I can get one table, I'll get all the other tables in a club." Uh, but comedians always want to know what time it is on stage. How long have you done? And you really don't want to take the time to obviously look at I, so I have been doing this for so long. And sometimes, like the other night when we did that thing for, for Bart, uh, Bartlett, I mean for Nelson, I, I didn't want to go long. But I will not take my iPhone and put it no, down I know. where I have I to know. look at it. I, I, won't, I won't do that. It's not even to the audience. I won't do that to myself because I, I feel like, you know, the first time you get on stage, you, you look, there's nothing worse than you seeing can take a comedian. A, you can take a sip of water and check the time if you get an applause break. Right, right, But right. I've obviously never been able to do that. No, of course not. <laughs> but Woody Allen uh, would do his stand-up, and then he would take out a pocket watch, and he would say to the audience, you see this pocket watch, this antique pocket watch? My grandfather, on his deathbed, sold me this one. <laughs> Which is such a great, great it's a joke. It's great, so he's got a joke, and, and it's working, his and time. he can check the time. Which How is brilliant, brilliant is that? Nice. He's got checking his time worked in 
I love it. Oh, I want to tell some more stories, but we are running against the clock. This has been Stand Up Memories, and I have been Peter Bales. We actually just got a phone call from Woody Allen. He said, if you tell one more story, I'll cut your nuts off. We'll see you next time. <laughs> hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? It's starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? MeSpace? MySpace? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do da, do da. <laughs> <laughs>